Next on BYU Sports Nation, a Halloween special. The BYU offense, scary good during much of their current five-game win streak. What's ultimately making the difference? Former NFL quarterback and BYU national champion Robbie Bosco offers his formula to the Cougars' major turnaround. Plus, the mastermind behind BYU basketball lip-syncing videos gone viral. And what's the worst Halloween candy ever? Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Happy Halloween! I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. We're gearing up for a sugar rush and another solid hour of radio fun wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us at BYU Sports Nation part of your day. BYU offense beginning to embrace one of those team models and rise up the Halloween rush of BYU sports going full speed ahead tonight with a 21st ranked women's volleyball team at the Smith Fieldhouse, 20th ranked women's soccer home tomorrow night with repeat conference title hopes still alive. By the way, the women's soccer team, according to Jerem Jordan, will most likely practice in Halloween costumes They always today. do. They are hilarious. And, uh, oh, by the way, men's basketball lip syncing and winning. Jerem, are you feeling the winning. Halloween holiday spirit? Sure. Yeah, we just had a great breakfast with our staff, some pancakes. Uh, our senior coordinating producer, Michael Miner, brought it today. <laughs> I don't know if he's um, Willy Wonka. I don't know if he's like some 80s rock god. I don't know what he is. He's Johnny Depp. Is he? Or something. It's awesome, whatever it is. Yeah, he's got a cane. We've got to get a picture of Michael. Yeah, someone. Yeah, I think, I think a, a few of our coworkers have taken some pictures of him. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll try and get <laughs> one of those tweeted out on the BYU Sports Nation account. And uh, you know, one of us in studio is also in costume. Yeah, I t- yeah, and it's not me. Uh, I <laughs> I tweeted a picture a moment ago at Jerem Jordan on Twitter of Spencer's quote special cop. <laughs> it's a special police. <laughs> On your on your little it literally hat. says special, special police. police. What does that mean? I don't, I don't know. We'll let people interpret that. A thrilling reminder. Okay, I should settle down with the uh, the Halloween stuff right now. You can listen to BYU Sports Nation every weekend at noon Eastern, 10, p- uh, 10 a.m. Mountain on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network 980. The show on demand every afternoon on YouTube.com slash Radio. Or you can catch the rebroadcast each day, 7 p.m. Eastern, again on BYU Radio. We want all of you to join our conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and vote in our daily poll question on BYUTVSports.com. I need some candy. Do you? Here. Here's some peanut M&M's. Oh, thanks, Jerem. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, I'm going to want those back after to actually eat. But anyways, <laughs> we have a hard-hitting poll question today. What is the worst Halloween candy you can get? <laughs> candy corn, black licorice, caramel apples, or caramel, circus peanuts, or Smarties. I don't know how Smarties made this list. I actually like Smarties. I mean, I, I think it, maybe yeah. maybe it's a cop-out candy. I don't know. It's cheap. Vote on BYUTVSports.com and weigh in on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. And if you've got an experience to go with this, not to mention where you're listening to the show, which we'd always love to know, let us know. My least favorite candy did not make the list either. What is it? A little black and orange peanut taffy or butterscotch or peanut butter taffy, whatever they are. Whenever it's so I saw bad that, it's undefined. I just was like, man, you know, that's so disappointing. And I got so much of it all the time when I was a kid. I don't know. Who makes that? Please stop making it. <laughs> they're listening and they're not going to do it anymore. <laughs> How about a rise and shout? To all of our listeners, and to those of you who make an effort to interact with BYU Sports Nation, keep sending us your tweets and tell us where you're listening from. Some of my favorite locations this week, Pensacola, Florida, Lansing, Michigan, L.A., Indiana, and Virginia. We had India at one point a couple of weeks ago, so keep them coming at BYU Sports Nation. Hey, nothing frightening or untasty, for that matter, about what BYU's offense has done during the current five-game win streak. Time to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic one. Taysom Hill's growth. You remember we talked back at the beginning of the year that we we knew that Taysom Hill had the skill set, but that skill set wasn't showing up the way it should because he was throwing with his feet parallel, he was throwing off of his heels. He never was really able to set his feet and get comfortable. 
BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler, noticing Taysom Hill's throwing mechanics have obviously improved over the season, as have we in studio and much of BYU Sports Nation. He just seems to be in command right now. He looks confident going to the line, supremely confident, and that has translated into his mechanics. I think we thought that it might take a couple games. BYU fans just wanted it quicker, right? Hey, can't we do something like this at the beginning of the year? I really go back to what happened last year. Against Utah State, Taysom Hill suffers a knee injury that puts him out for the rest of the year. If he doesn't get that injury, he's doing what he did against Virginia and uh, Utah probably at the end of last year as he kind of develops and grows. Who knows what kind of difference that would have made for BYU. Maybe Robert and I is not back, and maybe Brandon Doman is still the offensive coordinator. Who knows how BYU would have fared and if Bronco Mendenhall would have made that wholesale offensive staff switch. But BYU did it. Uh, it's, it took a few games, but we're seeing the fruition of this offense come to pass. We haven't really said the phrase, go fast, go hard, uh, too much recently. It's been more of talking about what's actually happened with the offense as opposed to identifying the name of the offense. It's what the offense, the offense is doing. They're now. still going fast. It's just not breakneck speed right now. And they're completing passes. They're executing at a very high level. Taysom was 35% after the first three games, which is... Uh, very common number now known uh, for BYU football fans and BYU sports fans. His season average now over 50%. I believe it's at 52 with his emergence over the last five games. And 65% the last five games? 65? 65%. His yards per attempt almost doubled. The first three games, 4.9. The last five, 9. Taysom Hill getting it done right now as the quarterback. He's 8-2 and two as a starter. That is the most unspoken stat, or the the most underrated stat about Taysom Hill that hasn't really been mentioned. Eight and two as a starter. And you bring up a good point when you talk about, yeah, maybe Brandon Doman's still the offensive coordinator if Taysom doesn't get injured. But is Taysom Hill doing what he's doing without Robert and I? Without this offense. I think he, this offense gets the ball in his hands more, which is a great thing. He's the best playmaker BYU has. The more Taysom Hill can touch the ball and be directly involved in plays, the better off BYU goes. As Taysom goes, so goes the BYU offense. We've all witnessed that. And Taysom Hill is not going to slow down at any point. The the scary thing is his coaches say, yeah, he's he's still got a lot to improve on. Really? Uh, What what does A-plus Taysom Hill look like? Yeah, because we're saying saying B-plus Taysom right now to me. Like Houston was was probably an A minus an A, you know. That's an unbelievable performance, one of seven quarterbacks ever to pass 400 100 rush for 100, you know, in a game. But just a sophomore. I love it. BYU's finding success with a sophomore quarterback. This is Max Hall 07. Taysom Hill in a different way. At Wisconsin, what a great matchup that's going to be. Looking forward to that throwdown in Madison, Wisconsin. Topic 2. Play calling. Former BYU quarterback and Hall of Famer Steve Young told BYU Sports Nation earlier this year the offense needed to find its own pace and not just focus on going fast. You know, it's not like I want to go faster, 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 faster. And so it's interesting for the Cougars. First game, I felt like it was just like, how fast can we possibly go? And that was the goal. And then in the last week, I felt like there was a little bit more, okay, let's find our own pace. And I thought that really helped them. Okay, so that was Steve Young. Uh, which awesome to have him on the show, but Steve Young, and that's before BYU found success. He ID'd something that BYU later did. Do you? Feel, I, when I'm watching BYU team, I I don't feel like they're in a super hurry. Even though they're running 90 plus offensive plays a game, I I don't get the impression that they felt rushed early. It just felt rushed. I'm having a hard time taking you seriously. Looking at you with this cop costume right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Embrace the special police, Jerem. So special. I'm not giving you your peanut M&M's back. Dang it. Focus. Trust me, I'll get plenty tonight. Today's the first day where I actually have to hand out candy, by the way. I know how much you love Halloween. And this deals with Jerem's birthday being so close to Halloween. All right, enough about this. Back to the subject. I interrupted. <laughs> I apologize. Play calling. How, how much credit does Robert and I deserve? Does he deserve all of the credit for the way the BYU offense is playing right now? I mean... He he had some serious critics after the first three games. BYU is one and two, uh, much like he did his first go around when when he started up with uh, BYU and in the, you know two thousand five two thousand six. It 
it just everyone was like, I don't know about this, and now everyone is like, oh yeah, this is this is a great offense. And he said it would take at least half the season to get the offense going. So I think he needs credit. I think BYU Sports Nation needs to understand he knows what he's doing. He's been around offenses like Rich Rodriguez, and he said that was the, one of the greatest learning experiences he's ever, he's ever had. Called now, it a gift. Now he has Taysom Hill running that offense, and Robert and I is doing a nice job. Is is an offensive coordinator going to make mistakes? Yes. But really, what offensive coordinator is perfect in the country? None. Anyway, just saying, Robert and I deserve some credit. I think that Robert and I now has a better understanding of the of the appropriate plays to call based on the skills of the team he has. He knows this team now. And so it's those three things. It's Robert and I is better, the offensive line is better, and Taysom Hill is way better. And and this this team is an offense now. It's one plus two plus you know, so it's one plus one plus one equals ten right now. Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, again, agreeing with uh, what we're saying right here. BYU offensive coordinator Robert and I now has a great understanding of what his players can specifically do and what they cannot do in his system, the play calling now reflecting that. I think that uh, BYU's done a couple of things to make it a little, little easier on themselves. They've uh, passed the ball a little bit more, especially on first down. You look at the Virginia game, BYU passed it on 33% of the first downs in that game. You look at the Boise State game, so first game versus last game. What's the difference? 45% versus Boise State. 12%. Is that big a difference? Yes. That's 11 plays per game. BYU's throwing it 11 more times on uh, first down, essentially, than they were uh, at the beginning of the year. What does that do? The defense is not necessarily gearing up for just a dive down the middle with Jamal. Like at the beginning of the year, they might have been. So this has opened up things. BYU is able to get four to seven yards on that first play. It's opening up things. The tight ends emerged. BYU's rolling Taysom out of the pocket a little bit. They've figured some things out. I don't think that the offensive line has been good. I think they've been better. I think they're getting better. I love the fact that there's only one senior among that group, and they hopefully will become a really, really good group uh, by the end of this year and then going into next year. But BYU's changed some things. They've modified. They've adapted. Uh, and Robert and I is the brainchild of that adaption. Taysom Hill said after the Utah State game, and I've argued that that is one of the biggest wins that BYU's had, given where it happened in the season and what BYU did with the passing game when Utah State forced them to throw the ball. They answered the challenge. He's talked to Coach and I about what he really likes as a player and what he thinks it would work best for this BYU offense. Coach and I and I have a really good relationship. We'll, we'll sit down and go over the script, and if there's something that I'm not comfortable with throughout the week, I'll, I'll tell them. And, uh, you know, those, those are some of the things that we talked about and we changed, and, and it was really good for us tonight. The demeanor that Robert and I and Taysom Hill have on the sideline, uh, especially during the Boise State game, was really intriguing for me to watch. And so I tried to pay as close attention as I could uh, when I was down on the BYU sideline against Boise State. And... Taysom's confident, and Robert and I seems calm. And he's not always the calmest cat. He's he's definitely an emotional, uh, outspoken coach on the sidelines. When he sees something he likes, he lets them know. And when he sees something he doesn't like, he certainly lets them know. But with Taysom, it, it almost seems like the cooler heads prevail between those two. They 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 don't yell a lot at each other. They don't. They're not uh, overly expressive. So I I like that that relationship that they have on the sideline because it, it tells me that they are they're getting each other. They're they're seeing eye to eye. They're on they're on the same page and I think that's a very big deal. Topic three Spreading the ball around, wide receiver Cody Hoffman certainly benefiting from Taysom Hill's experience and now his growth. Do you tell us about halfway through the season it would really start to click um, just for him to be able to kind of grasp everybody's ability and be able to play to our full potential every every week? And he told us that from the beginning, and I think now that we're halfway through the season, we're playing our best football. Okay, so that's Cody Hoppin talking specifically about Robert and I and telling the team to be patient, which Robert and I told Taysom Hill, be patient. I have seen him say those words to Taysom on more than one occasion on the sideline, and that is... Slow down, you know, assess the defense, be patient, take what they're going to give you. And that is there a more cliche saying from a football coach in America than take what the defense gives you? But guess what? 
it works if you can do it. And the be patient part, that's what we said on this show after the Virginia game. Like, hey, get, give it a little bit. I know everyone wants it to work right away, and BYU's not going to be Oregon in the first game. BYU ne- may never be Oregon. But BYU can produce something special, like we saw against Houston offensively. Uh, they can do good things against Boise State on national TV, against ESPN. They can rush for 550 against Texas. We've seen some awesome performances from BYU so far. And for the Cougars to go 6-2, and two, especially after starting 1-2, and two, is awesome. Now the challenge becomes, can BYU do this same stuff against Wisconsin and Notre Dame on the road? And can they do it after a bye week? And I think that's a legitimate concern because they played Utah after the bye week. They had all that momentum coming off of the Texas win and uh, a lot of the the nation's attention on them. And it it sputtered a little bit. But I think... That was after a Texas game where BYU wasn't as... BYU's grown in a different way. They were not as cohesive. Texas was just the... It was the most awesome, weird performance ever by BYU. They ran for (laughs) 550 against the 15th ranked team in the country. Just unbelievable. That may be the game of the year when all is said and done. Uh, after anything BYU could do the rest of the year, the BYU ran for 550 against Texas. Go Longhorns, by the way, hook them horns, so the BYU has more street cred. This schedule, uh, Boise State loses three times. Uh, you know, Utah. Who knows if they're bowl eligible? But Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Texas, Boise State. These teams can still do something this year. Houston may still do something. Yeah, and BYU again. If if you want BYU to have that street credibility, then yeah, you, you're gonna root for those teams, including Utah. And I know that's hard for a lot of people. I I still won't do it. <laughs> are you happy if they don't make a bowl game? Yes. Wow, you really are true blue, aren't you? They're four and four, right? Go zero and four the rest. Four and eight. <laughs> One w- win worse than last year. But they beat BYU. But they did beat BYU. That's over. Now I'll just revel in my bitterness. <laughs> It is Halloween, right? The Grinch of Halloween, Jerem Jordan. <laughs> Utah? I'm just kidding. BYU wide receiver Cody Hoffman certainly didn't get the start that he wanted. And, and I, like, I like that BYU is making it a point to involve him more. It, it is obvious they want to get him the ball. And Taysom is now uh, beginning to find that chemistry with Cody, throwing the ball down the field. He's got other open receivers, but it doesn't matter because Cody Hoffman makes plays. That's why he's a special player. Playmaker. And he has gotten involved. He's setting these records. He's Record a huge breaker. part of this offense. Yeah. Guess what? That's opened up guys like Skylar Ridley. Mitch Matthews. Ross Oppo, welcome back. Two touchdowns versus Houston and a touchdown against Boise State. Mitch Matthews, as you mentioned. Uh, J.D. Falsov's kind of gone under the radar a little bit, but there are a lot of options. BYU's completed passes to nine different receivers against Boise State, and I believe six of those had three or more, and five had four or more. No one had more than four. That's called ball distribution. I don't care if... Uh, I, I would prefer that Cody Hoffman has 10-plus a game, but the fact that you can throw to all these guys, that means Taysom's looking at all these guys. Taysom's grown in that way, too. Oh, by the way, we haven't even mentioned the tight ends who caught seven passes against Boise State combined. Uh, three for Kanye Kufriel and four for uh, Devin Mahina. I joked with Andrew George, former tight end for BYU, who's a grad assistant who's coaching the tight ends yesterday at Pickup Basketball. I guess it was Tuesday. I said, hey, nice of your tight end to, to show up against Boise State. And he said, yeah. I said, I saw Kanye Kufriel. I forgot he was on the team. <laughs> I was just kidding. But it was great to see them show up because BYU has some talent there. Let's use it. BYU spreading the ball around. Cody Hoppin getting his due. Taysom Hill and the rest of that very talented receiving core, as we prognosticated in the preseason, now stepping up and getting it done. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, BYU quarterback great Robbie Bosco on what he believes Taysom Hill has done specifically to show so much growth this season. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Oh, Taysom Hill. We were just talking about him. He's kind of got this southern drawl. Have you ever noticed that? From Idaho? From Pocatello. Yeah. Can you, can you imitate it? No. <laughs> the end. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Follow both 
at Spencer underscore Lynn and BYU Sports Nation. There may or may not be a competition going on for followers right now. Get the best of BYU sports by downloading the BYU TV and BYU radio apps today. I'm not reading this at all. BYU TV is available on Apple products as well as Android's. BYU radio has an iOS app. Twitter question today. What is the worst Halloween candy ever? BYUTVSports.com. Poll results stand like this. Jerem. Well, let's get to Twitter. Uh, at Jazz in Jersey, he says, uh, a, an A-bomb? A-B-O-M? I don't recall that one. Do you know what he's talking about? Uh, I, I believe that's a Book of Mormon. Someone got someone got someone a book, gave out a book. Someone of Mormon? got a book of Mormon. <laughs> oh well, he didn't. Ca- oh, okay, we're, yeah. we're not I know what B O M is, but it's B lowercase M capital. Anyways, <laughs> we're not uh, going to touch that. Let's see. Crackle at Oaktown fourteen. Crackle at uh, Doug H Anderson. Candy corn. That's how I feel. That's the worst. Candy corn. Our good friend Chad Mustard, who works with us at BYU Sports, uh, TV Sports, he says he said peeps are the worst candy. Peeps. <laughs> Followed closely That's by candy Easter. corn. That's an Easter Just candy. Just terrible. At, at uh, let's see, Kennedy. Uh, licorice. What kind? Black now, licorice? Now, now, if it's black, that's the worst. Red licorice? I'll take that. That's good. I Keep love, them coming. I love red licorice. Keep them coming at BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> we welcome in our first guest of the day to BYU Sports Nation, BYU National Championship quarterback and former NFL QB, Robbie Bosco, back with us on BYU Sports Nation. Robbie, what is the worst Halloween candy you ever received? <laughs> You know, it's funny. First of all, crackle. I love crackle bars. <laughs> those are the best. But I do agree with all those that said candy corn. I am not a candy corn fan at all. I ate some yesterday, and my wife said Halloween is not complete without candy corn. Even if you don't like it. It's it's like, uh, I don't know, uh, on on Christmas if you don't have a stocking or something. So, I mean, it's That a, is it's not a, a good comparison. It's you need to rethink that. <laughs> Robbie Bosco joining BYU Sports Nation. And, Robbie, you've also been talking a lot about Taysom Hill. And the kid took a ton of criticism after uh, the first three games of the season coming out the Utah loss. He had a 35% completion percentage rate. Now he's over 50%. He's been 65% his last five games during the win streak. What have you seen specifically that has made number four so effective for BYU? Well, like I mentioned before, and you're right, people were all over that poor kid. And there were so many more things going on. I mean, the receivers weren't really catching the ball very good. Um, you know, even Cody, Cody missed so much spring ball. I'm not spring ball, but two a days and early on. And you know, he really wasn't in the swing of things, in the groove. And our offensive line, you know, they weren't they weren't kind of a cohesive group yet. And so, with all those factors, you know, it makes it tough on a quarterback to look pretty good. Taysom was kind of hurting some throws for whatever reason. So now it looks like the game has slowed way down for him. People are catching the ball like crazy. i got to give props to those receivers. I mean, they are catching anything in their sight. And our low line's getting better. They, they seem to be playing with more urgency. And, um, and with all those things, you know, Taysom is doing a much better job of uh, of setting his feet and throwing the ball and getting to the ball, getting the ball to the receivers on time, uh, with a good quick release, and boy, they're just playing lights out. And Taysom is just his all around game has just gotten better and better and better, and he's looking really good out there. Of all those factors you mentioned, uh, the offensive line, the receivers. Uh, you know, Taysom, I, I guess, uh, factors besides Taysom, which one has stuck out the most in terms of its improvement since, say, game one? Those receivers. It's amazing. I mean, early on, they were ca- they were dropping balls they should have been catching. Uh, guys weren't getting open. And now I watch him play, and Cody Hoffman probably had one of the greatest catches of all time when the guy, I think it was against Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. Pulled him down by the neck, by the jersey, and he still made an unbelievable catch. And um, uh, Skyler is, is, has made a couple of diving catches. I mean, they're just catching any ball that's thrown to them. And that makes such a huge difference in um, from a quarterback point of view and also from an offensive, offensive standpoint because those kind of things move the chains. 
I mean, you make a great catch on third down, you're moving the chains. You don't make it, you know, you're punting again. And those things are going to happen, but it's, it just makes a huge difference when those guys are making plays. A quarterback's relationship with his offensive line, I'm sure, is an interesting dynamic. And given that you have been heavily involved in those situations, after let's, let's take, for example, the Houston game. Taysom gets sacked eight times. Some of those are on him, some of them are on the running backs, but the offensive line is going to take the brunt uh, of that criticism. As a quarterback, what do you say to your line, and how do you deal with that moving forward? You just love them. I mean, those guys... Those guys are the big boys, and you don't want to be messing around with those guys. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you know, you want to encourage them and, and make it known, hey, things aren't going good back here. Let's, you know, let's pick it up a little bit. But you don't want to, you, you don't want to call guys out, and you don't want to. And Taysom does a great job of that. I never, I mean, he, that guy can get sacked five times in a row, and I never see him ripping anybody or blaming anybody for anything. And he's just out there trying to make plays. So Taysom's doing a great job of that. But regardless of that, even though things may look like an offensive line because it's a sack, there's so much more involvement with the running backs and, and line calls and are people making the right, going to the right people. And so, you know, until you look at film, but I, I think the biggest thing with that, getting sacks, getting drop balls, is encouraging the guys that keep it going because down the road or even in that game, they're going to make a big play and they're going to make things, you know, right. Former national championship quarterback and NFL quarterback, Robbie Bosco joins BYU sports nation. He talked about the receivers and their emergence and improvement, nine different receivers, including a couple of tight ends that have for the first time kind of emerged against Boise state. What does it say about Taysom Hill's progression that he was able to spread the ball so effectively against the Broncos? Well, that, that's what I love. I, I think the last, you know, couple years, you know, you've had a receiver that has had the majority of the catches. And sometimes that tells me that you're looking for that person. And now Taysom is doing a great job of reading coverages and throwing to the person that's open. And so when you do that, you're going to have seven, eight, nine guys catching balls because they rotate all the time and you're just trying to, you're thrown to the open guy. So there's no playing favorites. There's no thinking, hey, let's, let's get this guy all these records. And, um, you know, they're just making plays. I mean, look at early in the season where Cody really wasn't involved that much. He wasn't catching. He wasn't, the ball wasn't getting thrown to him and things like that for whatever reason. But Taysom just kind of going through his progressions and finding the guys that are open and it's starting to click right now. So, given all that Taysom Hill is doing well with that talented core of receivers, what is the next step for him and improving his game? You know, it's there's always room for improvement. I mean, you know, in, in this small little things. I mean, it's it's like as you get as you get better at that position, and you're you're able to you're able to start moving defenders with your eyes. And so they may have spot-up zone where the receivers are spotting up in different zones. And you may have to try to move a, a, either a backer or even a safety to one field or the other. And those are the kind of things that really only come with experience and playing in a lot of football games. And so I can see him being able to start working on those kind of things now and and just by eyesight because those defenders the defenders are learned that – you know, you look at that quarterback's eyes because the majority of guys out there, when they drop back, they are looking at where they're going to throw the ball. Now, Taysom can start moving guys. He can definitely start moving safeties. Because you look over here to the right, those guys are going to start leaning over there a little bit to try to get an advantage. And so that's where I think Taysom will, will once he gets to that thing, will make a, a major improvement. And that is where your completion percentage goes from 50% to 60 to 65%. I hear a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of football analysts talk about the game slowing down for quarterbacks. Is it so much that the game slows down or they just start to recognize things faster? What do you think? Well, I'll tell you one thing. When I was, when I was playing here at BYU, I mean, my junior, senior year, was, the game was really slow, meaning 
I mean, I saw everything out there. <laughs> and then when I went to the NFL, fast forward by 100 times, <laughs> I couldn't even see players out there. Oh, gee. People were just fall, 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 running all over the place. I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's a whole different game here. And so it just, the, the more understanding you have, that's when it starts slowing down. When I first came to BYU, this is in practice too. I must uh, I could not see a strong safety blitz. Couldn't see it. The, the, no matter what, I, I kept on getting hit over and over and over. And they go, can't you see that? I go, no. And then as you get playing and get some experience, I mean, you can just see the how they line up and their movement. And then you're like, they're going to bring the strong safety here. I got to check up to something else. And that's where Taysom is getting better and better and better at. And he's starting to figure those things out a lot earlier now and then when it happens at the snap. Robbie Bosco joins BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill is a sophomore, Robbie. Uh, Sophomores typically don't get a play at BYU. Uh, Mm -hmm. The last 10 or 15 years, that's sort of been the case. But uh, what what kind of development uh, do you see in store for Taysom and uh, how special is what he's doing right now so young? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, he's putting up... I mean, it's hard enough to put up throwing numbers or even running numbers, but he's putting up all of that right now. And so it's amazing that and, – and, he's, and he's, taking, he's taking some beatings. I mean, he's uh, it's getting a little bit better out there, but he just keeps coming back and battling and battling. But what he's doing right now is pretty amazing. And, I mean, if he improves on top of what he's doing now and the team gets better and better each year – through recruiting and getting the right players in the right position. I mean, it literally could be pretty scary of the numbers that he could actually put up. I mean, to throw for 400 yards and rush for 100 yards. That's insane. uh, It's really insane. I've never, I mean, I don't think I ran for 100 yards in my career. (laughs) I'm going to check uh, that right now. (laughs) doing it in a game. So it's, it's pretty special what he's doing. He's 8-2 and two through 10 starts. So really, because of the injury, if he had played like his entire freshman season, you play you know between 11 or 12 games, he, he's still kind of uh, like a freshman in the number of starts that he's had. He's 8-2, and two, and I think a lot of people are not talking about that. Yeah, I mean, the guy's a winner. And what I love about Taysom is he's not only a winner on the football field, but off the field. And that's what I'm more impressed with with that individual and that person is that he he doesn't let things get to him. He's just a normal guy doing normal things. Uh, he loves talking to people, visiting people, talking to kids, and he loves to do the things that, to me, you need to do because people look up to Taysom as pretty much a hero. And in a couple of years, they're going to be looking up to him for a lot more than just a hero because he's going to be doing some great things out there, and his name, his name's already surfacing in the national respect. And so as each game goes on, it's going to get better and better and better. Now, he's got a couple big-time games coming up against some big-time opponents that um, will really establish him as one of the top guys around the country. Robbie Bosco is on BYU Sports Nation. I've got you down for negative 101 rushing yards for your career. You gained wow. you gained 478. <laughs> you lost 579. So you averaged negative 0.6 yards per carry. Jeez. A long, you had a long of 33 and four, and four rushing touchdowns. Do you remember Does that, that 33 correct? yard run, Robbie? Well, I remember. Of course I do. <laughs> running to the. I'll, I'll, you'll never forget those long runs. <laughs> How much longer was Taysom's run than my long run? What has Taysom got? His he has two runs of sixty eight. Oh boy. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Taysom's got a thousand what, rushing though, yards already. I'll say this though: if I was built like Taysom, yeah. Today, if I was built like that back then, I might still be playing in the NFL. Yeah, the guy is a beast. I'm telling you, he he's amazing and. Uh, He's playing his part really well now. You you bring up a great point. Has there been another BYU quarterback ever that has had the physique of Taysom Hill? Not even close. Who's the closest? Okay, I'm just going to take myself out of the equation right now. <laughs> um, we know it I, wasn't Gifford Nielsen. I would have. I would probably have to say probably Steve. And, and, and it's so different back then because even though we lifted, lifting wasn't a big priority back in the 80s. 
and it wasn't stressed. And even the body type of individuals weren't like that unless you were on something. And so just kind of to be natural and to be the size of Taysom and the kind of the strength that Taysom has is uh, is actually it's almost pretty normal now. There's a lot of big quarterbacks out there, but it's it's pretty impressive how he's doing things. You were you were I believe a grad assistant on the uh, was when Ty Detmer showed up. Was is that mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Did, how much did Ty Detmer lift? Uh probably as much as he lifts now. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think you probably know that answer right now. Lifts a gun to hunt. Lifts, when he lifts up that uh, that candy thing today to give to the children, that's probably the most <laughs> that he's ever lifted right there. Nice. Oh, by the way, Robbie, Jerem Jordan and Ty Detmer share the same birthday yesterday. How about oh, that? Oh, boy, happy birthday. Heisman. <laughs> that's right. How many Taysom Hill costumes do you think you're going to see tonight, Robbie? Oh, boy. Taysom... Uh, yeah, the jersey the jersey is going to be out. They, we need to order more jerseys because I think the the jersey is going to be uh, going to be a big time seller around here. So meanwhile, there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of Taysom's around walking around tonight. Meanwhile, Robertson Daniel also number four. He'll be like, "Yeah, I'm all over campus, baby." <laughs> Don't look at that name on the back. Just look at the number. They can't put the name on the back, so it's just number four. That's, That's great. Right. Robbie Bosco, BYU National Championship quarterback, former NFL guy joining BYU Sports Nation. Robbie, we uh, we always love having you on the show. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, great being with you guys. Thanks. Up next, who came up with the idea of having the men's basketball team do those viral lip sync videos featuring groups like Chicago? We'll get that story next on this Halloween edition of BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation Halloween edition. We are live on BYU Radio at the BYU Broadcast Building in a brisk Provo, Utah. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Tonight on BYU TV, watch the 21st-ranked women's volleyball team hosting Loyola Marymount, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain on BYU TV Sports. Our Twitter question today, what is the worst Halloween candy ever? And we've quantified it in the poll, but if you don't have this particular candy on there, let us know at BYU Sports Nation. So what's the worst Halloween candy you can get? Leading the way. You want to guess which one's leading the way? Uh, Candy corn. Black licorice. Black licorice. At 26%, followed by candy corn, followed by circus peanuts, and then Smarties and caramel apples. The leader is 26%? The leader's 36%. Oh, sorry. With black 26. licorice. Okay. 36%. Still, that's not a dominating lead. It's not. Uh, got a great tweet from at, uh, let's see, Get High. Uh, classic moment on at BYU Sports Nation when Bosco told he had negative 100 rush one rushing yards. Oh, brother, and says he'd still be in the NFL if built like Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> that was great stuff. And we, Robbie Bosco had a uh, career-long run at BYU of 33 yards. 33? He said he would never forget that. You don't forget those ones. You know who that was? Oh, yeah! That was against Baylor. Of course. <laughs> Love some Robbie Bosco. Some more Twitter results. Here we go. This from at Paul T. Cartwright. Those black and orange peanut taffies. That's what I'm talking about. That was not included in the list. The black and orange taffies? No good? No. Okay, what's the best Halloween candy then? Oh, man. King size anything? Yeah. <laughs> Chocolate? King size candy corn. See, no! That, that's another discussion. But the the worst Halloween candy is is intriguing because if somehow it survives, right? Have we offended everyone that's handing out one of those items tonight? <laughs> like you've cuz you probably have it already, right? I black like, licorice, I like candy Smarties. corn. I'll, I love Smarties. I'll eat black licorice. I don't necessarily like it. I won't eat even it. eat it. I'll eat it. Why? Because it's sugar. Is it just anything with I eat a carrot cuz I put sugar on it. Here we go. We continue on. Worst Halloween candy ever on Twitter. And we go to at TB underscore Adamson raisins, <laughs> right? Yeah. Any dude? Any fruit? Any fruit? By the way, if you don't follow at Tom Homo BYU athletic director on Twitter, you need to because he just tweeted the following. It's a quote. It's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. Abe Lincoln. And then he has a picture of himself as Abe Lincoln. 
It looks awesome. <laughs> you can get that at BYU Sports Nation, at Jerem Jordan, at Spencer underscore Linton. Tom Homo dressed up as Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. It, it, it is amazing. It, it really is. That's good. That's really quality. That's real quality. Like, that's Daniel Day-Lewis quality. Yeah. That was a great movie. Lincoln. It came out last year. Check it out if you haven't. Awesome. <laughs> Robbie Bosco joined us earlier, talked about Taysom Hill's progression, his mechanics. He says the game is slowing down for the signal caller. And uh, and what that means, I've, I've always kind of had a struggle with that that uh, so dynamic. can't it, physically slow down. It's slowing down. down. Really, you're quick in your mind. Yeah, you're yeah. recognizing things quicker. Interesting that he said when he came to BYU, he couldn't, Robbie Bosco that is, he couldn't see a strong side safety blitz. He just couldn't see it. The coach is like, you can't see that? No. <laughs> no. No. Sounded like Ron Burgundy on Anchorman. Are you listening? No. <laughs> but then his, he said his junior and senior seasons, he saw everything. And that's the thing with Taysom Hill. He's a sophomore. The, you'd think that the biggest growth he would uh, have as a quarterback would be in years one and two, right? Years three and four, you're, you hope to be pretty polished and improving, but you're not making great strides because you're already good. That's the hope, right? The jump to good to great is not as big as the jump from uh, brand new to good. So Taysom Hill, this is a, there's been a grand learning curve that we have witnessed, and the first couple of games have been documented heavily, but... Can he keep it up? Can And can he keep it going against really good teams? That's the intriguing thing is next week against Wisconsin, to me, is the toughest game on BYU's schedule. And BYU riding momentum can get itself into the top 25 with a win, and everybody's going to be talking about BYU a little bit if BYU wins next Saturday. Perhaps the only thing that could make Taysom Hill more of a folk hero or more popular is within a BYU Sports Nation. Well, he has that. It's Tater. Sort of. And he's got the potato gun. On his right arm. That's growing. Okay, that's that is grow, growing nicknames. But what if he lip synced something? Then the popularity now goes we're talking. viral. And with that said, BYU basketball has released a couple of lip syncing videos. The first, uh, mainly featuring Tyler Haas and Chicago, and uh, CBS Sports picked this up, and then. Everybody got involved. I want to know. I need to look into how many views that thing has on YouTube right now. But the mastermind behind those lip sync videos joins BYU Sports Nation right now. His name is Bill Hoops. He works with BYU Athletic Sports Marketing. Bill, welcome to the show for the first time. How did you conjure up such a brilliant idea? Well, thank you. Thank first of all, thanks for having me. I like both of you. <laughs> Bill and I called um, a hockey game on BYU TV back in 2008. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah, yeah, loved every second of that, and <laughs> I, I, I miss it. Um, as far as the idea uh, in general, um, our, our goal is to increase open rates through the emails that we send to students. Turns out students don't read emails anymore; they'd much rather see something. <laughs> yes. And so. So a few years ago, we lucked out and had Charles Abuo and Lamont Morgan Jr., and they were incredible actors as well as Jimmer. And uh, we, we found something that worked and, and made 18 videos out of Ronnie, Ron, and Roscoe, two old men. Um, last year, we tried something again. It didn't really work, and uh, we're, we're lacking in the acting ability <laughs> or the guys having speaking parts in general. So... We're trying to find something that they could do that would be easy to visualize for them and then and then uh, obviously work out with a corporate sponsor as well. And and uh, uh, a friend of mine named John Howe with Canadian Media, he and I got together and came up with the idea, and then uh, the guys took it from there. They're, I mean, <laughs> they, they, they're, they're pretty good dudes uh, off the court as well as on and we had a lot of fun with them. So really you're just utilizing the talent that is there to the best of its ability. That's Con- what Dave Rose is trying to do on the court. Bill Hoops does it off the court. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's he, calls, he calls me the director of nonsense. Cause he, <laughs> he seriously does. That's not a joke. Yeah. And so he he, uh, he says, you do your thing off the court, I'll do my thing on, and that should, that should work out. And so far it is, I think. So uh, how... Uh, I guess how many videos can we expect uh, to see this year of the the lip sync series? Uh, about sixteen. Ooh, oh yes, so yes. So two have been released: one with Tyler Hawes, Skylar Halford, Luke Worthington, and then another one featuring Matt Carlino, Anson Winder, in that as well. 
Um, yep. who, who's next, and when does it come out? Oh, you want insider information? Then. Please. Hey, hey, it's just us. We're we're actually not on the air right now at all nationally. Okay. So we uh, the next one will be uh, Luke Worthington Ooh. will be featured. Um, it does include some background dancers of Frank Bartley, Eric Mika, and Josh Sharp. Tell me it's Justin Bieber, <laughs> Bill. Tell me it's Justin Bieber. It is not the Bieber. Oh. We, didn't do, we did not do anything with Justin Bieber. Okay, yeah. there there is copyright um, fear. It is a it is a throwback to uh, I guess I could say our high school days. It, you know, late nineties. So, but I I like the element of surprise. So I'm not going to tell you which which uh, R and B ballad it will be, but. Um, <laughs> it's, it's oh, and it also features five cougarettes as well as background dancers. Okay, but, you're you're laughing already, so we know it's going to be fantastic. Gosh, um, my my goal was to do some former players first because I mean, we only know six of the guys on the team in general, uh, and, and let people get to know our athletes on the floor before we got to know them in a video. But we just couldn't wait, and so. Everybody's already seen Luke at his finest, and so uh, we'll see him again in this video. That's the thing about this team. I mean, I call them goofballs, and and I mean that in the most complimentary way. They they have great personalities off the court, and I think that's what makes them uh, such a great unit on the floor. Is uh, they get each other, uh, they understand each other, they spend a lot of time with each other, and that uh, that's going to prove huge for BYU basketball. Yeah, I, yeah. Don't get the fun-loving wrong. They they are winners, and they want to win, and they they fight and practice not like phys- like fisticuffs, but they they get after it. But then off the floor, this it it's one group of group of guys that really enjoys being around each other and and has a lot of fun. BYU basketball hosting Alaska Anchorage in their final exhibition this Saturday night, 7 p.m. Mountain, 9 p.m. Eastern. You can watch it live on BYU TV. Bill Hoops from BYU Athletic Sports Marketing join us, the mastermind behind the lip-syncing videos, and uh, we look forward to the next one. Bill, great job. You betcha. Thank you, guys. All right, Bill Hoops, uh, giving some great insight into what goes on in those marketing videos and, and really telling that he's like, look, we, we don't have great actors, but but we're using them how we can, and, and we thought lip-syncing would be the best way to do it. So far, so good. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougar Whoop Around Plus, today's Rise and Shout. And more of your tweets on the worst Halloween candy. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Halloween in the house. BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's volleyball. BYU is one of seven sites in the running to host a Final Four between 2015 and 2018. Oh, yeah. The four sites will be announced December 11th That's on NCA.com. Let's, ho- let's hope it's uh, Provo. Soccer. Tomorrow, the 20th-ranked Cougars host the San Diego Toreros fresh off that big win against 6th-ranked Portland live on BYU TV, 9 p.m. Eastern. BYU on a four-game win streak. Golf. The women's team is in Hawaii. Senior Selu Fotu is in second place after two days at the Rainbow Wahine Invitational. BYU's in fifth place. The tournament ends today. And on the men's team, they begin play at the Pacific Invitational in Stockton, California today. Tennis. The men's team concluding singles qualifying yesterday at the 57th Annual Southern California Intercollegiate Championships. Today, the Cougars continue with singles main draw and doubles qualifying. Women's Volleyball. And tonight, the 21st-ranked women's volleyball team hosts Loyola Marymount at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We welcome in head coach Sean Olmstead to the program. Coach, your team 10-1 and in conference, and you don't have Jennifer Hampson. Did you expect this high quality of play from your team, given that you lost an All-American? Uh, you know, uh, first and foremost, thanks for having me on after I bailed on you guys last time. Oh, right? it's yeah. all good, man. We forgive. <laughs> Um, but uh, that's a good question. I I felt really good with the group we had coming back and, and adding a transfer like Tamber Haddock. That really improved our roster. I felt really good about our lineup, but, I mean, to be where we're at right now, it, it is pretty remarkable, especially putting in a new setter 
who didn't have much skating experience before she got here. It, it's been really fantastic to see these kids progress. You've got a half-game lead in the WCC standings. You're 10-1 and one so far, 17-4 and four on the season. Uh, what do you need to continue to do against LMU tonight to stay in first place? Yeah, LMU's a really good volleyball team, and they took us uh, a long uh, five-set match at their place, and, and they're playing good volleyball. They have some nice wins um, in this conference, better than they've been uh, the last few years, and they've always been tough. So we've just got to keep getting better, which I think we're doing. You know, we had a long one at St. Mary's, but... You know, it was a good volleyball, very high-level volleyball on both sides. And so we're just going to get, you know, ready to go and get back at it after that loss and just keep doing what we've been doing. And we've worked on a little, a few things that we think we can improve on, and we'll see how it goes. Coach, do you have a special Halloween uh, costume tonight for the game? You know, uh, I was going to dress up as uh, Jerem, but I'm just, I can't pull that <laughs> off. It's just... Few can, Sean. Few can. He's, you know, the... He's just always in the the right place at the right time, and I just don't think I can pull that off. <laughs> I just try and be like a libero, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. You haven't lost a home match since 2011. What makes the Smith Fieldhouse so magical for BYU Volleyball on the men's and women's side? Yeah, I just, it's, it's just a great volleyball venue. You know, if you guys, those of you guys that travel around to be some of these WCC and MPSF venues, you know, the fans are right there. They're right on the court. We get great student support, and uh, there's good support nationally, and I think that it's just all those things. The exposure has really helped uh, both programs, and especially us. I mean, we really benefited from, you know, the best fans in the WCC and, and ranked nationally in terms of attendance. It's been great. Well, we appreciate the time, and good luck tonight uh, against LMU. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, Coach. You can watch right, the game good. on BYU TV and listen on BYU Radio, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. A rise and shout today. How about to BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo for his Abe Lincoln costume? Legit! You can see that right now at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter. Coming up tomorrow on the show, Dave McCann, True Blue host, play-by-play for football and men's basketball, will join us, as well as Paige Hunt of the women's soccer team. Yeah, the women's soccer team looking for a fifth straight win. Very quickly, we go to Twitter and the final poll results. What's the worst Halloween candy ever? It's black licorice at 37%. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation has spoken. They do not like the black licorice. And we go back to Twitter. Earlier I said not having candy corn on Halloween is like not having a stocking on Christmas. I should have said it's, not, it's like not having a candy cane on Christmas. I think that would have been more appropriate. Can you give me a pass on that one, Jerem? Sure. Okay. Uh, I want to I read a tweet from, uh, let's see, at Kev Farns. He says, hey, guys, can I get a shout-out? Yesterday was my birthday. Sure. Also, can I get two tickets to the Notre Dame game? Sure. <laughs> buy, buy them. <laughs> we love you, Kev Farns. Oh, a couple more Twitter things. At Britt Britlinton. Candy corn is sometimes delicious. Nasty equals dots or anything from the big bag of off-brand candy. Oh, by the way, Taysom Hill won uh, the Manning Award Star Player of the Week. boy, Taysom. Congratulations, and thanks to everyone who voted for that. BYU Sports Nation doing work, voting for Taysom. Hey, by the way, big thanks to all of our guests today. Robbie Bosco, Bill Hoops, everyone on our Sports Nation crew, Ben Bagley, Michael Miner, Don Chaline, Alan Miller, Spencer King, Aaron Evans. They do a great job every day. Archived episodes of the show on demand every afternoon. YouTube.com slash BYU Radio for the Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. You have just listened to BYU Sports Nation.